And we are live for the First Strike Podcast, back on the show. Can't wait to talk about a lot of good stuff, a lot of dredge stuff, a lot of stuff with our special guests. Before we start the show, I play our sponsor, facefacegames.com, the number one place to get your Magic the Gathering singles. This week, 13% off all gaming supplies. 13 because the sales team saw that this week, Friday the 13th. Ha ha ha, let's just do 13% off. There's a bunch of new product that... I personally am not aware of, but there's a lot of exciting product in the gaming supply space. There's some stuff from Dragon Shields. I hear there's uh, nests that, that have come out, and, and there's a bunch of new exciting product. So, if you, again, best time to stock up on sleeves is when we do these supplies sale. Uh, on today's show, we don't have our usual uh, co-host, but we have our now more regular co-host in Shaheen Sarani. So, uh, how's it going, Shaheen? Glad to have you in here. What's up, man? No, life's good. Thanks for inviting me again. You know, just just the, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Not only do we have Shaheen, but we got my vote for for because you you've never played on on the FaceFaceGames.com open series, but my vote for one of the sexiest guys on the open series circuit, a two time champion in an Alberta event, not some small tournament. In Montreal, but in Alberta and Edmonton, two-time champion Brett Steele, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Bjorn. All right, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you and uh, about not just magic, different different other topics. But let's get to it. Shaheen, you're not aware, but this man took down two of our biggest tournaments, and um, you did it with Dredge, right, Brett? Let's get let's get straight to the tournament. Uh, yeah, Dredge both times. <laughs> I. Uh... There's just this kind of refusal to play graveyard hate. I don't understand it, and it forces me to keep punishing people uh, by, you know, taking them out back, beating up in the back alley, <laughs> blood gas, amalgam. Just everybody's getting in there. <laughs> Is this specific to Alberta? You feel like did you play in the in the GP Calgary? Uh, I actually ended up working the the face to face booth okay. for GP Calgary, and that was maybe uh, the trigger for me to get the bug again. Like it's it's hard to watch uh, friends win. Uh, Attila was actually my modern player. We played together at the approach Tour 25th anniversary. So for him to take it all down, I'm sure he beat humans every time in Calgary. Didn't beat humans very many times at, uh, at the Pro Tour 25th anniversary. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I had to start playing a bunch more events again. We, we didn't get you on the, the first time you won. So, so how have things uh, evolved where it's your deck or the metagame when it comes to Dredge? Uh, so, I mean, the easy thing to talk about, the elephant in the room, is Faithful Suiting is gone. So, I I hadn't really put a lot of time into Dredge at that moment. I almost I kind of skipped the entire Hogak duration. I just wasn't playing a lot of Modern at the time. But as I was looking for a deck, maybe a couple days after, anybody who plays Dredge should be following uh, Sodek, the guy who plays Dredge pretty much exclusively on Magic Online. And he said after two days... Hey, I've tested Neonate and I've tested Burning Inquiry, and Tome Scours the choice. And so, when he says Dredge is good and Tome Scours the choice, you should probably listen. And I fired up you know, a league, you know, smashed through five zero, played against zero pieces of graveyard hate. I'm like, this is probably what to do. He comes out with iteration two, smashed through another league five zero. Don't play against a single piece of graveyard hate. I'm like, okay, you know, you got to lock this one in. Uh, Basically, the big changes is that to replace Faithless Looting, you started to play Tome Scour. And then in playing Tome Scour, there's actually pretty significant change to the mana base, where now you're playing one of pretty much all of your fetchable targets, 
but also uh, the overlooked pieces with Modern Horizon. They so they introduced Forgotten Cave to the format, which does a very good faithless looting impression in the new versions of the list because you can now start to in the mid game loop Forgotten Caves with life from the loam, where you'd be previously just flashing back faithless looting. Uh, there are even spots where I think it comes off as more powerful than faithless looting. So, you know, at the end of at the end of the the banner restrictor announcement, once you include Tomscar and you adjust the mana base to include faithless looting, the power level of the decks actually roughly on par with faithless looting dredge, but the perception is that it's a lot weaker. So, yeah, I end up in this spot where, you know, after very little testing and mostly just following the the one guy who puts in you know, infinite hours playing and testing dredge, you know, it was pretty clear that I had a winner. Were both events that you won, were they like easy cruising through the Swiss and, and through the top eight? Yes. Like <laughs> both, both times. Like I, I showed up, I, you know, two owed everybody. I, I like, I think the, uh, the first event I had played, I played against, I think I saw one Nihil spell bomb and like an anger of the gods at the entire event. And, you know, maybe in the finals, someone flashes me a surgical extraction. I'm like, you know, you're lucky I didn't draw this one. <laughs> uh, and then this event, same thing. I, I, the only person I lost to actually was the, the person who came in second, Dan Garesh. I played him in the Swiss. He's the only person who cast a rest in peace against me all day. Uh, I had multiple people cast surgical against me and it did nothing as it often does. And you killed them the next turn anyway. Uh, so... You know, you just every time you win game one, if if they don't have some sort of piece of like hard hate in game two, and hard being, you know, like permanent in play continues to excel your graveyard, there's they don't have a chance. Like it's not really an issue to play through these one shot effects, like your Nihil spell bombs or your um, uh, relic of Progenitus, and surgical extraction is basically just fog. Like they get one extra turn. Shaheen, are you surprised to hear any of this, that, that Dredge is, is still good? And uh, are, is Dredge on your mind as you prep for, for any future modern tournaments? Um, I think that the elements of Dredge, I wrote about this actually with the banning. I said even with Faithless Looting banned, it will still be a playable deck. Um, it, does the creature, it does the creature board flooding better than any creature board flooding style deck that's ever existed. Um, so you're still going to beat up on all the players that are trying to go low the ground or even try to mid-range you out. You'll still be able to overwhelm them. Um, I think that this version, I played against the Tome Scour. I've tested a good amount against it online. I play against it pretty often um, and test with my colleagues. And it's it's a lot like a, you, you probably noticed the one rest in peace guy like you're talking about. It's a lot weaker to the uh, static hate. Uh, with Faithless Leading, you're able to like have a lot of ways to draw cards to hit uh, your nature's claims or whatever else you had to um, rest in peace. But now, you know, if if they land one, you're pretty screwed with this version of the deck. Uh, it's kind of an all-in style, low cards in hand, um, more all-in all in deck against, you know, board hate like that. That being said, if no one's playing rest in peace, then the deck still maintained all of its aggressive elements, Tome Scour, you know, it's like a double streak horn right off the bat, and you're able to get hit the ground running. Um, Faithless Looting definitely was more abusive in other decks than it was in Dreads the whole time. 
Like you're able to, as long as you just put cards in the graveyard anyway, I still think the deck's going to be good. So now it doesn't surprise me. Um, I think that if it ever was good, like really good to the point where um, before a Pro Tour or Grand Prix, people are starting to prep for the tournament, you'll just see a bunch of rest in peace and get, you know, clocked. But um, if you're, if you're playing, um, you know, on either tours, like the third party tournaments, I think that especially when you're one of the first ones back after the bannings, I think you can really take advantage of some medium competition with uh, a deck that people just write off because everyone says it's dead. So, like you said, you know, people cut graveyard hate and they're going to get wallets. So, there, there's, there is are a bunch of uh, MCQs this weekend, face to face games open as well. There's a one in Victoria. Uh, it's a busy. It's going to be a busy weekend with Victoria Open hosted by Face to Face Games and also Face to Face Games Toronto is hosting, hosting an MCQ and those are usually big events uh, considering that we broke records in Montreal. We never had a 200 plus tournament for an MCQ. Usually, even our Opens we would struggle to I mean, we learned. We learned over time that modern is the way to go. When it was standard, we, we would struggle to hit over 100 players. Even Montreal, our headquarters you would assume that uh, we would always crush it, but just because we have to, re- there's just other factors that that people. When you're in Montreal with so many different card stores, there's a lot of different tournaments that they could play, and maybe it was tournament fatigue. But either way, the last MCQ blew out all the records, and, and I expect Toronto to probably hit 200 plus players. And, and Brett, do you think people should just? I, I mean, they're not going to view the Edmonton Open as a, as a result to just jump on dredge. So do you think this is still a sneaky deck for people to bring to like Toronto or Victoria this weekend? So this is actually kind of a, an extension of Shaheen is that at basically all of the grinders, you know, Calgary, Red Deer, like there was a lot of dredge at this event. Uh, it was all over the top tables, two, two copies of dredge top aided. I, I think that people are test that are testing a lot of modern felt that dredge is a very good choice now. And until the graveyard hate adjusts, like I think it's worth to just keep calling, say, hey, you know, if you don't show up with your three, four rest in pieces plus maybe something else, you're you're still gonna lose. Uh Dredge thrives in these really fair environments. I think people are still playing these really fair decks. Uh the only other decks I think that people maybe should be looking to or, or things that I would suggest is the the final the other person in the finals was playing a blue white spirits deck with Stoneforge Mystic. I think it, that shores up a lot of Stoneforge Mystic problems in some of the other decks where people aren't playing enough creatures to maybe carry equipment that, that aren't just a batter skull with a German play. Or Wurza. I think Wurza is a very good deck right now. And one of the only reasons it doesn't see more play is people don't have Mox Opals. Like it's, it's one of the de- few times where I think people are kind of priced out of that deck uh, because it's kind of prohibitively expensive, but it's very strong. I agree. I think that Wars is probably the the best deck in the format. Um, our team, I was going to do a team or team Grand Prix last weekend, but I got rained out from the hurricane. So they get tagged in Austin Collins. He was the third. And we were all going to play Wars, a trip Wars, the same 75. Um, they went 9 0 day one, 8 0 day one, went to, then they had a rocky day two, lost their winning in the last round. Um, but, you know, it's, I think that modern is still. Uh, dominated at the top tables by broken decks and Stoneforge Mystic missed the mark and I still think it's I even even like when I was on my my campaign to unban it's still I knew it wasn't going to solve uh, the the issue of blue white or just in decks in general mid range decks Eldrazi white whatever you want to put Stoneforge Mystic in it's not going to make those decks 
on par with the, the busted decks. The only way Stoneforge will dominate is if those decks somehow keep going away through bannings or um, uh, better hate pieces are printed. Like, I mean, now, if you look at this card from um, Throne, the Emery Lurker of Lock, the, the Affinity Blue Drop, and that's just going to make Warza insane. That, that card is obscenely good. It's a one blue mana card that puts four cards in your graveyard and you get the sarcastic cards out of your graveyard. I mean, it's like, I just can't even, like, can't wrap my mind around that deck now at this point. Like, your, your, your ability to go off on turn three cast opals from your graveyard, just do stupid stuff is going to be, it's going to be ridiculous. And I think if you want to beat Dredge, I think Wurz's game one against Dredge is very strong. I, I can't imagine, I mean, obviously magic's magic, but if you're, if you're on an even playing field skill wise, Wurz wins that game vast majority of the time. Uh, obviously games two and three are in favor of Dredge with all the, the graveyard hate that's, or the artifact hate that's able to be flashback. I think now you have the, 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 uh, dredge one they play one of those shatter effects it plays one or two ancient grudges so um you're able to compete but i mean these two decks are if you're going to play an mcq coming up soon those are the two decks to pick from i think i think it's if you if you want exactly first place and not some top eight or not to strive for personal best you want to win you got to play one of these decks uh Brent, what do you think about that what, what he said about the the words dredge matchup uh, 100%. Like, Wurza is actually one of the few decks that beats Dredge game one, and I think the biggest strength of Dredge is that it wins game ones, and people just don't play enough hate to consistently hit it game two and three. It's, like, pretty rare. Um, Wurza and then basically the other artifact decks are kind of the exception in the rule where they probably have good game ones against, uh, against Dredge. One of the other slightly off-radar decks, I think. Like, I think Wurza's big advantage is that it's a toolbox deck that actually has like real hate pieces for the other linear decks of the format. Uh, one of the only other decks that's kind of super fresh on, like super new on the radar is Jund Death Shadow, which now with Plague Engineer and Collector Oof and Yixla Jailer, you can play Traverse the Ovenwald as your new toolbox piece where you know Wurza has War to try and hate people out that are playing these other linear decks while presenting your own linear plan. I I think if you have access to it, Wurza's basically the choice right now. I uh, the one of the only things against it really is like somebody like Canister who popularized the deck doesn't believe it's broken, which is very surprising to me considering everything I've seen and everything everybody else is seeing and, and saying about the deck right now. Yeah, he's he's usually right on the money, but he's he's wrong about this one. It might come from not playing a ton of modern. Because he he doesn't really need to play any modern recently, so I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I mean, he has. Been, I think you mentioned that too. He's been not fully in, like you know, into the modern scene like lately. Um, but yeah, I think that like you're mentioning, Jun Death Shadow. There are decks you can build with toolboxes and great answers, and that's the the eternal struggle of modern. You can build decks to beat decks, but sometimes you don't, and then you lose. While the other decks just consistently can do their thing every game by turn three or four. So the onus being on you to correctly sequence your cards to be able to traverse and get the hate cards or your blue white. Um, you're able to, um, you know, play, draw your paths and your snaps at the exact right times to, to, to stave off amalgams and blood gas. I mean, you can draw the right sequence of cards and build your decks the best way and play rest in peace and all this. But it's a tough, that format is not like any other. It's just, I, I, after playing 
and it feels like thousands of matches. There probably hasn't been that many. A lot of matches. I am finally like on the side of maybe we just play the best deck that does its linear thing until Wizard stops. And they've been trying. I mean, these bannings have been to stop these decks, to slow down the format. And it's just not really working because they're still, they're going to do it. They're going to have to kill everything off. <laughs> they're going to have to kill all the fast man off. Yeah. Yeah, I think modern is a very linear format, and I think the the rule of thumb of playing a linear deck over any other deck is pretty much always true because it's impossible to build a deck with all the answers because of how many linear strategies there are. But at least the linear strategies can compete on the speed axis with each other. So I've been playing linear strategies for for years at this point because it's just been correct. Yeah, and it, like I think the one modern event, like the Pro Tour being won by uh, humans. Uh, not the last one, the one before that, but you know the guy was like mediocre in the Swiss, and he had a great Swiss uh, limited record. So it's like even those have asterisks by like every other tournament, like Grand Prix and Pro Tours um, that uh, that I've been covering in modern have been dominated by these linear decks. I mean, even the blue white victory was when Hogak was around, and there were three decks in the format. When there's three decks in the format, blue white's the best deck. Uh, you play six rest in peace style effects, and you just you know. Your just deck is you. There isn't a draw on the wrong side of your deck because you're always drawing the right side after board because you have so many hate pieces. If that's the case, then it's fine. But like you said, you can't you can't piece together enough hate pieces for every linear deck out there successfully. So um, for anyone listening that's playing any of the face to face events, uh, even a guy who loves Stoneforge Mystic, I'm still playing it in leagues. I, I five would recently, you know, a couple days ago also, but. Leagues aren't exactly what they used to be. They used to be, and um, I, I really, uh, I'm trying uh, Esper style with like Thought Seeds is like the only way to play Stoneforge successfully. So if you if you're really liking Stoneforge, try to follow me on Twitter and look at the list I've been posting recently, um, because you have to be a proactive Stoneforge deck where you Thought Seize them, take the key piece, play Stoneforge Mystic, and start rolling there. And I can't the other configurations haven't been that great. So um, play linear. Uh, Brett, well, we, we discussed a lot about it, but I, I was just hey, curious. You want to talk about some standard cards? Where you at? Okay, man. Somehow, somehow I, 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 I keep forgetting sometimes that I mute myself <laughs> on the different streams because I'm, I'm keeping two things. Um, I'm sure Brett knows what I'm talking about. Having uh, jumped on the stream streets himself, uh, I can just a ch- challenge of pressing the right buttons all the time. Uh, Brett, uh, well, you two have mentioned it already, but I'm just curious, um, throughout the tournament, did you face a lot of uh, Stoneforge? And, and, you know, I mean, we've already made a discussion about it, but how was it playing against it th- uh, throughout the tournament? Uh, Stoneforge is the only deck that I lost to. Uh, I lost to a Stoneforge deck that kind of presented the nightmare draw of uh, Aether Vile, Stoneforge, Vile, and Giver of Runes. And that's actually, I think, a fairly powerful draw. It's kind of why I felt like uh, the deck I played against in the finals was pretty good. And it's something I, I would be interested in exploring. Like, if I'm willing to explore Stoneforge strategies, I think that's the place to be. Um, his only loss of the tournament was actually to me. We we split a, our two game series or two match series one one. I just picked a much better time to lose. And uh, like outside of that, uh, I just think I played against a more traditional like blue white stone for, stone blade deck in the quarters. But it's one of those things where if you kill that, if they get a batter skull and you kill their Stoneforge Mystic, what are they doing? They don't really. They playing nine creatures. If they draw a sword, it's practically a brick because how are they 
actually equipping this to one of their eight creatures or something like that in play. Right. Um, that's what I think is a problem for, for the more standard builds that people are playing around with yet. I, I can imagine something where more thought seize based is actually pretty good because it also, I think it fits into the curve of what they're trying to do a little better. You know, thought seize something, play stone forge, put something in thought seize again is, is actually something that I would be interested in doing, but I just don't have a lot of reason to, to focus on trying to develop the stone forge strategies myself. So I'm kind of waiting and seeing. Okay. So, so just to, you guys mentioned already, just to summarize for people just joining in, what should they play this weekend? Brett, and then Shaheen. Wurza or Dredge, depending on what you think locally is good, if there's going to be a lot of graveyard hate locally. Okay. Shaheen? Uh, I think Wurza um, is a little bit above the rest. So if I, I, think it's in, I think it's in a clear first place um, in the current format. And you would play it in an important tournament over Blue White? I would play Wurza right now. Um, I'm getting close with Esper uh, Stoneblade. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting close to the point where I'm confident enough to to do well. I, I'm pretty sure, like at the Invitational that's coming up for in Roanoke in like you know November, um, I plan on. I by that point I'll be on Stone Optimistic. I'm going to play a, a, a strategy that's going to be thought seizing taking uh, taking their threat playing Stone Optimistic. <laughs> Kai's Guile's been testing pretty okay for me. Um, Kaya's Guile, okay. Know, yeah, it's it's basically like the Esper deck has more creatures, and uh, like you know, he mentioned that you have eight nine creatures in most traditional builds, but Esper's got. I play like two Kai's Guile. I play Lingering Souls. Um, able to play some more creature threats. It, it plays more uh, like the biggest flaw with Blue White that I found was it, it doesn't play out like the Legacy version where you're able to, you know, disrupt force. Stoneforge, play true name, these things. Where the Esper version has more of a feel like that, where you're able to thought seize and Snapcaster thought seize them. Kaya's Gal is able to do edict effects and gain life, game one. Uh, randomly hits graveyards. You know, I play two of them, game one, so you can steal games that way. Um, it picks up swords very well. Lingering Souls is a fantastic card in this format because of the grindiness. It kind of doesn't, it's not great against Wurza, but it's pretty good against. Uh, the rest of the field, and then to top up the curve, you have Jace, and I've cut all counter spells. I only play four Force Negation um, in the main deck, so that's the only counter magic I play, and um, that's been very good for me too. So I'm I'm getting there. I just it's if people want to pick up a deck right now and practice, or they have they're between two or three decks. I think that Wurza is it by a, it's a hard deck to play well through hate, just like KCI was, but it's it's going to give you the most reward, I think. Hmm. Fair, um, Brad. Brad, there's some. I, I don't know who. What I saw something on Twitter. Uh, someone wanted me to, to ask you about this. It, it, it's, it's something about like a one man Nash equilibrium. So uh, we can't skip that question. <laughs> we can, all right. All right. Am I getting trolled here? <laughs> Next question. The answer is yes. Okay. Yes, you are being trolled. I'm being trolled as well by using you as proxy. All right, all right. I, I apologize. I apologize for that. Um, all right. With, with, so we've got that down. We've got the. Uh, what's next for you then? Um, taking down the open. What's what's uh, on your tournament schedule? 
Uh, like I've actually had a lot of close shaves lately, and I've just kind of vowed that I need to play more magic, more magic that matters. So I'm talking myself into coming to GP Montreal to, you know, hang out. I know people out there actually play some more matches that magic that matter. Uh, I'll probably play the face to face open in Calgary, and I might play the face to face in Grand Prairie, depending on how inspired I feel. Uh, one thing that kind of sucks just living in the prairies is that flights to tournaments are just quite a bit more expensive than they are elsewhere. So I I just don't play as many GPs as other people do. And uh, I just have to kind of make the ones that I do play count. So I think that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I've been grinding a lot of arena so I can keep playing these MCQ weekends. And I've been trying to catch slightly more PTQs online, but those that's basically it. At some point, I think you were you were tweeting out that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You were tweeting out that you you wanted to vie for, um, you know, when Red Bull or whoever were trying to invite streamers to, to certain tournaments, and you were trying to ramp up your stream game. Oh. How's that going? Uh, <laughs> it might start going again. So you know, as of basically a week ago, it's the first time I haven't been working two jobs like 50, 60 hours a week for about a year, uh, or that plus school kind of a thing. So I finally have free time and I'm hoping to do be a little bit more consistent on streaming, a little bit more consistent in writing. If, if not just to like feed my own, uh, creative needs, like one of the reasons I'm currently kind of not working and going back to school is I realized I needed to be in a bit more of a creative field and I'm just trying to actually make that happen. So I see it as like, you know, I can take more risks with my time. I should be spending more time trying to do streaming or doing some kind of content creation because I'll never regret trying whether or not it goes anywhere. I mean, I love it. Like not only that, I actually read when you were tweeting out a a recent blog post and I'm like, Hey, if you ever want to write, you know, more full-fledged articles as well or or just more in general even uh yeah. we would like to take a look and uh you'll see some sort of uh dredge focused article <laughs> coming your way soon i i'm going to be sitting down tomorrow for quite a while to there. sick um and then oh yeah i also mentioned like sometimes i I check my Instagram and I see you were strong in the in the workout streets. So I maybe want to talk about the the importance of fitness or just touch a bit uh, on your perspective of it and how how it has contributed to your success. Yeah, and I, I think this will combine a couple things. But basically, for me, it, it's part of you know maintaining a strong mental state. Like magic is a mental game, and I think people don't focus enough on how to put themselves in a good spot mentally for when they're playing, and so. I think physical fitness is tied to mental fitness. Like you, you can't completely extract them. Your mind is part of your body. And so for me, getting back to the gym consistently was a pretty big thing for me, uh, like mentally and emotionally, because I had grown up playing a lot of sports, but I had slowed down a lot when I had started going to university and, uh, you know, moved out things like that. It, you know, life gets in the way. And I realized that making a big return to that, especially over the last, you know, three to six months has actually been a huge benefit for me. So uh, maintaining a better diet and maintaining, you know, a, a better workout schedule will help you make, get into a better mental state. I, I, I made a joke 
that I've been spreading for years as like my own life motto, because this was shared with me at a tryout for a hockey team by some guy I've never seen again, but I'll never forget him is uh, he said, look good, feel good, play good. He's like, it's passed down in my family for generations. I'm like, who is this guy? But the idea being, you know, do things that make you feel good, uh, will make you just feel more confident naturally. And that will help you maintain a stronger mental state, play more confidently, make better decisions because you're just a healthier person to some extent. One curious thing then. So you said, you mentioned that you, you had to get back to it. And of course, um, life gets in the way. And for me, I got married, fell completely off the train, haven't been uh, going on in the gym at all. So for you, was there anything, uh, any key thing that you did that, that maybe kept you on the train more, whether it be, whether it be fitness or diet? Uh, you know what, actually the, the number one thing that I think someone could do that isn't easy and it's just a smart financial decision is cook every meal that you eat. Uh, I found that what that made me do or like some natural consequences of that was I spent more time in the kitchen and then I had to spend more time cleaning up my kitchen and cleaning up my house. And it just, it forced me to spend more time taking care of myself in a way that some people, maybe you'll order a pizza and push through and play another league or something. And that extra time I spent taking care of myself and taking care of my house made me be more introspective and maybe reflect on matches I've played more versus just grinding more matches forever and never taking time to reflect on the the games you played. Because I think sometimes if you get into that cycle of just playing more and more and more and more without taking a step back, you don't really processing any lessons learned. You're not really improving. You're just, you know, bashing your head into a wall again and again. So I I think that's, that's a great way of saving money and it has tangible health benefits pretty much immediately. Shaheen, how, how <laughs> great transition to Shaheen, how's dad life? <laughs> I can ask, how do you feel about a Buffalo Wild Wings? But we can we can come back to that later. I don't know, man. It, it, dad life's good. Um, I was shocked on how much I'd actually enjoy it, to be honest. Because, I mean, I just know that that kind of responsibility really takes away at somebody's... Uh, I mean, it's it's different. Like you have to, you're worrying about someone else beside you or your immediate significant other. Um, you, you know, they they become more important than you. So uh, when it comes to like tournaments, I cut my tournaments in a in a third. I mean, I went two uh, thirds less tournaments this year than I did last year, and then year before. I remember la- the year before before Aries was born, I went to two or three tournaments per month. Like I was on the grind and now I got like four left this year maybe one every month some months are a little busier but um, you know it's that sacrifice made is, is worth it though it's uh, it's good dad life's good <laughs> so what do you want to ask Brett and me about Buffalo Wild Wings uh, I mean the greatest restaurant of all time I, how do Canadians feel about do you guys have any Buffalo Wild Wings up there uh <laughs> yes, yes, we do. This, but it was a relatively recent pho- phenomenon. I remember it was a big deal when we got our first Buffalo Wild Wings. Are part of the world now. Uh, happy days. Oh, day. happy days! I've been maybe twice ever. I was not impressed, but like, I'm sure it's still the best restaurant ever. 
<laughs> every time I go, I take a like yeah, you know, it's in the airport, I'll take a picture send to Edgar and he's just like, God, I'm jealous. Like it's just I, I gave a few Canadians a taste of it here in America now they, they can't it's just all they think about it. It's uh, it's obsessive. <laughs> so good. There's like thirty flavors. Sorry. Um, I mean the, the flip side, we have a lot of bad chicken wings. So like that's <laughs> Like you can find bad chicken wings everywhere, so I mean, having that mix up feels pretty good. No, I mean, like to, to piggyback <laughs> off fitness, I completely agree. I, I may be a fat guy now, but I, <laughs> there was I I did care, and I think that I played honestly. I think I played better Magic then. If you look back, if you go if you go back to my Google images of history when I was uh, nailing invitationals left and right, I was you know twenty pounds lighter and. Um, I I didn't really eat well, but I was doing low carb stuff. I didn't. I worked out once in a while, but it was mainly low carb stuff. But I I felt great, and I was about 185 pounds, 190 pounds. I'm like 205, 210 now. Um, but you know, it's there's a lot to be said when you're not tired all the time, which you are when you're a little bit more unhealthy. When you're, I I find myself having to like chug, uh, extra, like double the coffee I had to before just to keep my you know neurons firing up there um it's it, it it is something to be said about that I, I it has nothing to do with like for me it had nothing to really do with looks because i have enough confidence for two or three other people but when it comes to just general feel and fatigue and um endurance when it comes to tournament endurance i i've definitely felt it as being somebody who's was a little bit smaller now to, to not so <laughs> Agree. It's like a, a classic thing that people say, and it is you know, cut sugar or, or pop out of your diet for three weeks, and tell me you don't feel the difference. Like you, you can't. It makes a huge. It's completely different. You'll have yeah. way more energy. I've been drinking the cancer stuff. I never drink the, the sugar stuff, so I don't know. I have to cut. I think if I cut like, I need to cut like potatoes. Can I eat potato? That's my like vice. <laughs> Fried and baked, mashed. Doesn't matter. They're just. They're, there's just barely any nutritional goodness to those and just all starch and horrific stuff in there. But <laughs> I need to go back to stay in KYT's basement again get some good home-cooked meals again. What? Did we get... Well, we didn't cook for you. I don't remember. I, no, I had. I think I had something at your house. All right. Uh, did I? No, I, I don't think we so. did go out. God, what a terrible host you were. Man, I'll, I'll cook this. No, I, I, I didn't even know how to cook that, but now... I'm a boss. I'm a boss oh, I see now. now. You're a culinary uh, guru. I see on the on yeah. The now. I'm doing. I'm. I'm learning everything. It's just weird because like I'm Chinese, but I fell in love with how easy it was to learn from this Korean guy. So like, <laughs> a lot of my dishes You're are just mess- Korean Korean dishes. Mess- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Korean. Oh, so you you learn this from your parents? No. It's going to be the next Manguchi cuisine style. It's going to be KYT cuisine. Start hashtagging and get the following. I mean, his. I would say one third of his like followers are from the food and. Oh, okay. That's that's yeah, about. I mean, he's got he's got a big following on the food. That's some good social uh, media tips. Uh, clout. Like like Brett, when you talked about the dishes thing, it just makes me think of myself when I'm just like you know what, I'll just do it in the morning and, and grind another league or draft or whatever. And, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Sometimes, um, it's just more beneficial and to put myself in that mindset to just like block out that time. And I could just, while I'm doing the dishes, reflect on the games or the, or the matches that, that I just played. 
like I, I'll be cleaning a plate while I'm very upset about something I've lost and how to how could I have played that game better? Like it's just a, a different way of spending your time. Sweet. Um, so so let's just uh, wrap up the show with some exciting stuff that Shahini is excited about. Exciting new cards. Uh, we're going to be spoiling our spoiler sometime next week, or official, something sweet. I actually got uh, an interesting card. Um, but uh, Shaheen, out of all the stuff, with, like everyone's hyped about the trailer. Are you hyped about the new set already? This set is phenomenal. I, I don't even care if the cards are good. <laughs> it's just like the flavor, the mechanics, the new, uh, the, the, the design of the cards. I've never seen a set like this with such creativity. Um, a lot of, for wizards and for, for all the, the flaws of, uh, organized play that we've talked about and now, I don't know if you noticed, but any of my interaction with them online, they've, they've been very, uh, responsive and receptive. Um, and I, uh, even those, even those gripes are now down. But when we're talking about design gripes, like before when they would just take an ability like, leveling and then change it slightly to something else it that's kind of frustrating um but now this set is is just fresh new abilities out of the blue things that i could never have even thought of um i mean even just looking at a card like charming prince that's actually a charm built into the prince like the charm you know like three modes even little things like that are just so clever and um, you know, it's all on purpose, so it's it's really cool. Um, and I, I honestly, when rotation comes around, I'm always happy because uh, standard is real, real crappy at the very end, always, just like without exception. And I thought we escaped it until you know, stupid Kepa's deck came around, so <laughs> it's ruined again. <laughs> because before Kepa's was made popular, the the end of standard I was like, oh god, there's like five decks that are playable. Nope, never mind, just one. So um, once that goes, I was, you know, I'm excited for that, but I know I'm going to lose Big Teferi. Um, that kind of loss is hard to fill that void because control can survive with a little bit worse removal, a little bit of worse counter magic, a little bit of worse uh, uh, card advantage, planeswalkers, whatever. But if the win condition is bad, um, you can't play control decks in standard. And that's why control kind of fell off the face of the earth because Teferi alone wasn't enough to carry the torch, and that's why you need to play like Hero and Elite Guard Mage or um, Basilica Bellhaunt because you needed some kind of creatures to defend your Planeswalkers, and you can just play just Teferi. But the new card that's really excited me, uh, there's a couple, but obviously the best one out of the whole bunch is Murderous Rider. Um, removal spell uh, is Hero's Downfall for the for the uh, instance part of it, and then you can cast a creature that has lifelink. Um, this card was just built to uh, beat the fairy bounce. Like you're going to kill something, you're going to play it later in the game when you have to fairy able. You can wait as long as you want, play it, bounce it, re heroes downfall, recast. Uh, there's just so much broken, uh, uh, you know, lines of play that go with this card for standard. It's going to be a four of in a control deck. The life losses are relevant. Um, the, the cards is fantastic. So that's obviously got everyone excited. Um, got me excited the most, too, because it's a removal spell, possible threat you can play later in the game, and has Teferi interactions. Um, you want me to go to the other card, or do you want to talk about this one for a bit? No, no, go, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Uh, go through. Go through your, the Shaheen's uh, top. They got, got the excitement going. He can't can't stop this train right now. So, uh, Lockmere Serpent's the next one. That one just got review uh, previewed recently. I think today or yesterday. It might have been this morning. This is a six mana flash creature of seven seven. Uh, it has uh, two abilities. One draws cards, uh, sacrificing a swamp. Gain live draw cards, and the other one makes it unblockable. And I joked around with uh, a few of my R and D buddies, and I'm like, "Where's my Aetherling?" You know. It's been a long time. It's been uh, it's about Aetherling o'clock. It's been a few years because every now and then they they bring this behemoth of a creature that's very difficult to kill. And they joked around saying Chromium. I'm like, you know Chromium's unplayable. So where is Aetherling? And then this is uh, as close as we've gotten to Aetherling in a long time. It's got Evasion by Sacrificing Islands. It's got Card Draw by Sacrificing Swamps. And then it has the ability to come back from the graveyard, um, which is really, really great. And, uh, you know, it, it having Flash, again, re- reminds me of the, um, the the sneakiness of some of the older win conditions that were so good. So this is going to fill the void of a win condition for control decks um, in the traditional sense. And it's a really good top-end curve. It having Flash is really great. It works super well with the Fairy because you're able to Flash it in, block something um, without them being able to respond. So um, I got all kinds of decks in my brain working. Few more other fringe cards in the set that I'm thinking of too, but these are the two real heavy hitters so far, and uh, it's kind of got got the control juices flowing here. Sweet. Um, I, yeah, you got mentioned Kethis, and I think I, I keep seeing like this past weekend or the weekend before where people are just tweeting, "Oh, I just won this tournament." The screenshot is a Kethis deck, and and everyone's winning with that deck. Is is there anything like Have you been hearing anything for, for standard that? people could play outside of that deck right now before rotation? No. Okay. Boros Feather. That's the only deck that it has a pretty good matchup against Kethis, really. Right. The problem with Boros Feather, too, is that it beats Kethis, and then it has a... The problem is it has a fail rate, and it also... um, There are going to be other people in tournaments, too. So even though Kethis is broken, people are not going to buy Kethis in live play. Um, So they're going to play their whatever decks, and then then you're kind of stuck playing a a mediocre deck, but yeah. if you're playing an online standard tournament, I think Boros could steal a win, a tournament win, uh, because you will run into a sea of it, because I think on MTGO, I don't know how much Kepis costs, can't be more than a few bucks. Um, uh, I'm 20, 30 bucks, I'm sure, I'm just guessing. But, uh, it's it, Arena also, you can really, it's basically the same price to build any deck on there, so, um, but live play, I would be, I would Kethis is the forerunner by like a huge amount. Like it's it's clearly better than everything else. It's got like one bad matchup, and that deck's very bad against pretty much the rest of the format. (laughs) So, I mean, what are you going to do? Also, I I have to throw this one in here because I saw this one on Twitter about specifically the Lockmare Serpent is uh, the the count the activated abilities on the card, then count the number of words in the text box. It's uh, it's. 350 so i mean <laughs> <laughs> oh man and that's that, got to be on purpose too it's all on I, purpose i mean that it's third ability purpose. is watered so strangely you you think they tried to add or delete a word to make sure like i the set's crazy about 350 that's fantastic i didn't know that that's that good was, that was a that was a good one i this set's like crazy powerful i'm very excited there's all sorts of nuts cards there's a card, too, that I think is secretly broken. I'm not going to really talk about it in too much length here because I, I plan on really going into the tank with this one for the Pro Tour. 
and I think it's Shimmer Dragon might be might be an obscene card depending on how food tokens are produced because that the print on this card that it has hex full hex proof as a five six with four artifacts out is already pretty good. I mean, you play it and it blocks and can't be killed flat out. And then the ability, if you have four artifacts, you're drawing two cards minimum that same turn because it's tapped two artifacts to draw a card. So there are two different eggs in this format already. Um, there's some other things that are close to egg-style cards that you know, there's a scry two for one mana that might be playable. We're waiting on more artifacts, but like if they produce one food card for a control deck that produces a constant flow of them, um, this might be nuts. You're, you're not a big fan of Oko in that case? Because I actually think that card might be quite good. I think oh, so I got blasted a little bit on Twitter because uh, on the uh, Oko, well, on the Factor Fiction on Star City, I, I said, because they, the way they worded the question, I think Oko is great, but they yeah. asked the question, is it as good as the other three mana planeswalkers that are busted? And I'm like, too early to say if it's better than Teferi okay. or Narset in, in a nutshell. Probably Narset easy, but Teferi would be one. So when they worded it that way, I said fiction. I'm like, no, none of cards out. Who knows? And then they're like, you know, blah, blah. Sam Black torched me on Twitter. He's like, how much disrespect you're showing to this phenomenal card? I'm like, no disrespect. I'm like, right now, I'm just a little bit hesitant because I got burned on Dovin. So, you know. I've played some Dovin in my time, too. I don't know. Dovin's a bad one. Yeah. I think that the only thing I, every time I look at spoilers, I think that kind of worries me is it feels like a lot of these cards really punish small creatures. Like maybe I'm overreacting, but you know, like a lot, like can't creatures power two or less can't block this creature. seems to be like, it's going to be a theme in this set or it's going to be on several creatures seen few at different rarities already. Um, I, they have some sort of new bioblighty type rare to go and go with, uh, legions end so there's multiple ways to just potentially two for one people at lower lower cmcs uh and just killing a bunch of creatures so it's it feels like it might just become like a very mid-range control oriented format which honestly we, we haven't had for a while kind of there's been a lot of really good aggressive decks for a long time uh i kind of think that and, and i might be insane here so I really like claim the firstborn. I don't know if it's going to matter in other formats, whatnot, but just being able to have a super efficient mind control, because for example, if I'm understanding the rules properly, uh, charming prince plus claim could potentially permanently steal creatures. That's been a thing in past formats. I think with restoration angel, uh, so there's there's a lot of really interesting stuff. I kind of want to see, see how it pans out. And I think the, uh, the flash, the flash elf, today is is that can grow a lot the flash reach wildborn preserver could be really interesting if people are still interested in trying out that blue green flash deck post rotation yeah i can't imagine an aggro deck surviving rotation like as as the best deck uh if you yeah. look at the aggro decks across the board they they all get ripped apart all of yeah. them uh vampires mm-hmm. is unplayable they lose their best creatures, and they just got sworn. So you know, good riddance. Yeah, anyway. we haven't um, even seen another vampire in the set, too. So no, no and I, they just won't be able to survive. Even with just losing a Dante Vanguard's enough to to uh, get rid of that deck. Um, then you have red that loses a lot, and then um, you know you have um, 
I think those, I mean, those are the two marquee aggro decks of last format. So I, those being hurt and looking at the cards in this set, I don't so, I mean, we still have a lot of cards to go, but I don't really see any one drops that are petrifying. I don't see any real good burn spells yet. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to, if it's going to be an aggro deck, it'd be, I would be, I'm hoping it would be more tribal because they did print a tribal style wrath, minus three, minus three wrath. Yeah. Um, so that would be kind of cool to have that those two be competitive where you are forced to play that, but the creatures can grow bigger than three, three. So you're, you know, you're, you're kind of in a race against time there with that. And I, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing what kind of uh, aggrodex pop up because that really shapes what I'll play in um, as a control option. And, uh, you know, like even people are po- posting pictures of like Tulsimir and Garrick next to each other, like, which is a sweet interaction. So it'd be pretty cool to see like some big Asman decks, um, you know, just a new, a new uh, slew of decks. Cause it's been, we're at the end of a format and it's just stale as can be. So. Yeah. Also, I'm loving the flavor from the set. I just, I have to throw this out here. It's like, I, I read the card, like the translated card bear suplex. And I usually just kind of read text first. I don't notice pictures. And I'm like, this card has to be mistranslated. And then I actually look at the art and I'm like, nope, nope. That card is, is probably called bear suplex. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they asked a question on the, uh, the other factor fiction question. And the reason why I I pulled so low was they asked is bacon a pie, like the, the best, or the most flavorful thing ever. I'm like in the set or of all time. I'm like, no, I mean, that's like the fifth most flavorful thing just today. And, and that's, so, I mean, there's just so many cool things in these pictures. And I mean, if anybody watched any, um, you know, Disney or just read, you know, books that have been written you know, hundreds of years, been around seeing all these great storylines, you can see everything from your childhood in these cards is really cool. And I usually, I only want to say usually I never get sucked up into the story. I never get sucked up into the flavor could care less. My cards are all mismatched and beat and I buy the worst condition ones. I just, nothing impacts me in that way, but this set has me reading flavor text and looking at art. So I'm pretty, that's pretty impressive to, to kind of get a spike like me on board with this. Yeah. Same over here. This set's going to be pretty sweet. Hmm. Well, all around, we're all excited for this. Um, let's see. All right. Um, I hope for the last part of that, I hope Alila, Alila, <laughs> Artful Provocator is good. If that card is good in this format, because Lightning Strike rotates, right? It's in 19? I think so. Uh, let me check. Yeah, because I, I think they, it's in 19, and they reprinted Shock Not Strike, I think, in 2020. Yeah. I think lightning strike is on its way out. I'm, I'm just double checking here, but uh, I don't know if your if your viewers are for able to pull up a card. But Alela is it's a four mana two three legend flying death touch lifelink. That's good enough for me already because um, it's lifelink, and then it gives all flyers plus one plus zero. And then anytime it casts an artifact or enchantment, you get a uh, creative one one flyer. So in the same shimmer dragon style deck, these just go hand in hand. So that card. I think there's just so many possibilities. I'm just like, it's as a deck builder. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it really is it, brain melting. Like, because when the sets come out in the new formats around, I have a skeleton of the, the remnants. And what goes through my mind is filling the pieces that we lost, right? Where now 
you can't do that because there's so many different skeletons that just came out. Like found there's seven different foundations now instead of one to build around because there are just so many ways. Like building a deck around a Shimmer Dragon is not going to be the same as building around the the old Loctis monster over there, you know, or the same building around uh, just Planeswalkers or just there's just so many ways to just even build a control deck. So it's it's going to be it's going to be tough, but looking forward to it. Right. I I wanted to. Uh... Uh, Brett, do you play a lot of standard? I have been playing quite a bit of standard, although I had slowed down uh, maybe just towards the end of last month. Like I played in the last MCQ weekend, scrubbed out of the day two of that. Um, and I'm mostly playing aggressive decks the last few years. So like looking through this set, it's like this art's really pretty, but these cards are very depressing. I'm trying to, trying to, trying to figure out how any aggressive deck could possibly uh, be good post rotation here and I'm not finding it yet like maybe the, the Will and Will and Rowan Brain Planeswalker does something but uh, it's not looking good is it what the blue red Planeswalker or blue red one Planeswalker red? yeah because I, I like how the cards just got you know for I like I don't get why these both these three mana Planeswalkers have so much loyalty and I think the abilities on them are both like fine I don't think either of them are complete duds um, yeah you know, have it being able to turn my my two one into some sort of four something strike first strike trampler, and then if I could potentially ultimate this thing, that seems like it's a game over play uh, against these slower decks in the format. So that's I wish I wish that plus one was anything else for the. I, I just hate it when they don't match. Like when you're looking at like this planeswalker, the first ability and the second ability. It really like the best plans always kind of have a cohesive thing going on. You know, everyone jokes around about the mm-hmm. Teferi. Oh, the plus one draw card, the minus kill, the ultimate win, like the boring five mana design. Yeah. But there's a reason why that five mana design has been used over and over and over. And people play each one is because that's what planeswalkers need to do. And when you're a three mana planeswalker like Soren, it should be aggressive, 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 and then it's playable. Or Gideon, aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. You know. Yeah. But when you have cards that kind of mix the two, like Dovin was a prime example where the ultimate probably wins the game. I mean, yeah. if you have attacking and stuff, but the first one of those two abilities are so bad. Um, it being a mine, especially. And I think this planeswalker is going to fall in that category of, I don't I think, think uh, is going to, is going to get there. I think you're, you're probably right. The only way I think that this card could be good basically is if it ends up being the card that helps you push your attackers through bigger creatures. Cause if we're talking about this potentially being like a really mid-rangey control-oriented format, and you know, like let's just say I'm playing two twos in a world of questing beast, uh, I think you need some way of pushing your two twos through that. That's like that's the imagination. I I don't necessarily. Uh, I'm not too excited about it at this point. I'm just like kind of praying that they show me some crazy one drop that they've been hiding this this whole time, and I can get excited again. Yeah. I think that in that scenario, if, it, if the plus one gave Vigilance, which sounds like a kind of a meh ability, and it's not even blue-red, but they, they cheat all the time anyway, that would kind of give this Planeswalker a little bit of a boost here where you could pressure through similar creatures and then defend at the same time. Um, maybe it would be too good then, but like instead of Trample, like First Strike and Vigilance would have made this Planeswalker, which, which is strange, I think would have made it a lot better. Uh, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. I'm worried that my creatures are never blocking. <laughs> That's <laughs> questing beast. Questing beast is like, all right, no, nothing in my deck can block. All right, let's let's go. <laughs> yeah, questing beast is interesting. Um, I think all these cards are great for uh, 
for for different archetypes that didn't have haven't existed. Like even Garrick being coming back as obviously black green and having an Elspeth style effect. Yeah, makes it really changes the dynamic of how decks are going to be built. Um, because I mean, what black green historically has been has been a player in these formats, but I think you know a couple more cards is going to be real scary. I think it'd be a great place to start with like Beast and Garrick and the, even that like six mana Carnage Tyrant variant that they're trying to push across seems pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up with. Uh, oh, if, if you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, subscribe, face to face games on YouTube, uh, subscribe to our podcast First Strike on your favorite podcast app. Um. Yeah, and Brett, anything you want to plug? Any future project or link you you want to mention? Uh, probably check me out on Twitter as I start to get back into the swing of of streaming a little bit. It's at b s t e e. It's uh, my first and last name smashed together a little bit. I'm hoping to start streaming a little bit more. I've kind of given myself the the first week of of class to kind of adjust, but should I hopefully be able to start streaming a lot more again pretty quick here. Sweet, sweet. Okay, we'll 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 do a bit of. Of course, to, also to support the show on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash first strike. Uh, but, but Shaheen, uh, let's do one or two minutes of, uh, of NFL. How, how was it for you? How was the weekend? Oh, my God. What a, what a day to be alive, you know? 49ers winning their game opener. How, when was the last time you could say that? That <laughs> was actually two years ago, but <laughs> we didn't win another one. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, obviously, like, Watching Garoppolo play in preseason was painful. Um, even the games where he was impressive, <laughs> according to ESPN, he was he looked like like a a, a poor Joe Flacco. Like I just don't know. He he's his the the ability of like seeing him play in New England reminded me of the Matt Castle effect, and you know where you you get enamored with these players that come from the New England system. They go to another team and just get obliterated, and then they take back players again that were duds and turn them into studs. And I mean, this is just like the, the tale that, or the the story that people keep falling for. But when we paid, when the Niners paid him, you know, the house to come on over, I I, I hated it. But after watching him that la- in the first game of the year, I think he, I think he could be the solution to maybe having at least. A seven and nine record this year. <laughs> I'll be very excited. <laughs> now, I mean, Fort Niners are tough, man. It's a tough team to keep being a fan of. Uh, again, week one, played with injuries here. Just having uh, a, r- a running back on IR already. Um, the Minnesota guy, of course, my brain's coming misfiring here. Um, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, I love football and, Whenever it's back, it's just like kind of takes over a part of my life. And I had Ari, my, my son, running around while games are on and, you know, causing chaos and destroying everything. But don't care. I got to watch it. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, looking forward to uh, what happens uh, this you're week. Nice, man. Let the people know. Let the people know you're on board here. Come on now. On what? On the Niners? Yeah. I'm a Niners fan. I, 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 Steve Young was my, was my quarterback growing up watching him. For sure, but uh, it was easy to, for it to be my favorite team. They had the best player of all time, so 
Um, yep, yep. We're, we were bandwagon kids. It, it doesn't count when you're a kid. Like, I started watching it when I was eight, and you can't be a bandwagoner when you're eight. That's my, <laughs> in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> All right. Th- Brett, thank you so much for coming on, and, and Shaheen will be back on, hopefully on, on more than a monthly basis. We'll see. So uh, with that. Whenever you want. Thanks, thanks for watching, and we will talk to you and see you next week. Bye.